When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And good day, everybody. Welcome. Episode 123, Talking Friars Podcast. Ben Fadden, your host. This episode sponsored by Gaglione Bros. Cheesesteaks, famous subs as well. They're located in the upper deck at Peco Park. When the Padres end up playing there, open up their season April 14th with their home opener against the Braves. They're located also down the third baseline, have locations in Sports Arena in Point Loma. So if you want some cheesesteaks, some garlic fries, Watch during you're watching some spring training games, you know, televised, or you're watching opening day on April 7th uh, at Chase Field against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Go ahead, Gaglione Bros, gaglionebros.com. So, a lot to discuss. Uh, it is 8.06 p.m. Pacific time on the West Coast right now. Uh, I wanted to wait as late as I could uh, to record today's Saturday's episode of what we're doing, you know, with this whole free agent frenzy, uh, because I'm waiting, just like a lot of Padre fans, we're waiting for A.J. Preller to make a move here, and he has not done it yet. Even Nick Martinez, uh, who was supposed to be signed as a Padre, uh, all of the agreements were made before the lockout, but the paperwork did not come in on time. The phys- so I guess it's pending a physical as well, so you would think that that would have been the first move made. We could have got that done Thursday or even Friday, even yesterday. Uh, but as of now, that hasn't even happened. Throughout this episode, I'll be checking Twitter and all that, just seeing if there's any updates, uh, any live reaction on any deals that happen. Uh, but there were moves that happened yesterday. Andrelton Simmons, 
uh, Carlos Rodon, Clayton Kershaw. There were moves. So those were the moves yesterday. Bob Melvin spoke. That was episode 122. So you can check that out to get caught up there. But as for today, there were more moves. There were there were more moves in general, like number of moves as well around the league, but none involving the San Diego Padres. There were some former Padres, Jordan Lyles to the Orioles, Miguel Diaz uh, signed as well. So there were moves that happened, but none involving specifically the San Diego Padres. Um, so first, before we get to the Padres related stuff, let's just go over the moves that happened. I'll give you the notable moves that happened and give some takeaways from those moves. Um, and I'll give you most of these moves. I'll give you a timeline, 8.24 a.m. Pacific time. Jeff Passon tweeted that the Rangers were trading their infielder, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, to the Minnesota Twins for catcher Mitch Garver. So the Texas Rangers seem like they're really going for it here. Um, I don't even know if they're going for it like World Series going for it or if it's just maybe AL West going for it or AL wildcard team sneaking into the playoffs. That's how they're going for it at that type level. Um, but, you know, they signed Corey Seager. They signed Marcus Semien, Cole Calhoun, John Gray, former Rocky. They brought him in before the lockout. Now they bring in Mitch Garver. Uh, Kyle Falefa didn't really have a role there uh, because he was their shortstop. But with Corey Seager there, obviously he wasn't going to be playing shortstop there. So they turn him and I believe a pitching prospect into Mitch Garver, who's a pretty good offensive catcher with the who at least with the Minnesota Twins he was. Um, so that's a good addition for them. And then the Twins, maybe this is a step back for them, but they like Ryan Jeffers as that catcher for them, being a starting catcher. He was the backup. It seems like he's better defensively than offensively. Uh, but, hey, the Twins, it seems like that was a trade that benefited both sides. The Twins, obviously, they saw their shortstop last year, Andrelton Simmons, go to the Cubs. So are they in it on a short-term deal for, like, Trevor Story or something? Because I don't even know where Trevor Story is going now. I mean, maybe the Yankees, uh, because the Yankees are not signing anyone uh, short-term-wise stop gap wise. I mean, Jose Iglesias signed earlier today with the Rockies. So Trevor story doesn't seem like he's returning there. So he's an option for New York, but that's a big storyline to watch out for going into tomorrow. I think tomorrow Sunday is going to be a big day of moves. Uh, hopefully it involves Padres moves. Nelson Cruz is, and we'll get to him. That was definitely um a move that was discussed of maybe happening today, Freddie Freeman as well with the Dodgers and the Braves, you know, in the hunt for him. I think a lot of moves are going to happen tomorrow. Again, there's so many free agents that are available. Chris Bryant, Nick Castellanos, Seiya Suzuki, uh, Kenley Jansen still out there. Joe Kelly signs today, which we'll get to. Um, but there's still many, many guys still out there uh, to be had. Trevor Story, Carlos Correa. Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rizzo's another guy that's not going to get a whole lot of attention because he's not the best first baseman available right now, but he's probably like the second best. And then the trade market, the A's, which we got to, which we'll get to, made a big move today, uh, parting with a pitcher, starting their teardown. So Matt Chapman might be available. His name's been out there with the Phillies. Matt Olson, obviously, is a big name that's been mentioned and just kind of floated around Padres Twitter obviously wants him over Hosmer, um, but that's a lot easier said than done. Uh, but a lot of guys are available. 
and we'll see where you know Andrew McCutcheon, Tommy Pham, obviously. I can keep going. There's a lot of names: Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario. Again, this is like the winter meetings all crunched into a few days, or maybe it's a week, maybe it's two weeks, but it's a whole off season essentially. You know, December, January, February. That's all crunched together now in a couple weeks span that they didn't have because of the 99 day lockout. So a lot of moves. I think Sunday is going to be a big day. But again, first move that happened today: Rangers acquire Mitch Garver. They sent Isaiah Kiner-Falefa to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Kikuchi went to the Blue Jays. You um, say Kikuchi. Uh, this is interesting. Three years, $36 million. Toronto is stacking up pitchers now. Obviously, they have Hinge and Ryu still. Jose Barrios, who they got in a trade with the Twins, and then they extended him last year. Um, Kikuchi, obviously, you add him in there. They are building, you know, that rotation pretty strong. Obviously, they have a strong uh, lineup. Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette, Teoscar Hernandez, Randall Gritchick, I believe, still there. Um, so they're building there. Austin Martin, that prospect, hope you'd think that he'd come up soon. Uh, he was traded. I don't know. Austin Martin's with the Twins now, excuse me. He was traded in that Barrios deal. Uh, so I was kind of confusing those two. But they, uh, Nate, Nate Pearson throws gas. He's, uh, you know, in the, in the major leagues already for Toronto. So they're another team. Them in Texas seem like two teams that are going to be fighting for one of those wild card spots. So that's going to be interesting on the American League side. That, so that was a move that happened. Kikuchi to the Blue Jays. A lot was discussed today about him, how he declined the club option, I believe, or the player option. It was, it was an option of $13 million one year from the Mariners last year. They were, they were surprised that he declined that because he had a rough second half of the season, but he was an all-star in the first half of the season. So I think he was banking on that, and that ended, it ended up – you know, working out for him. Um, so that was another move, the second big move of the day. These are just notable moves. I'm not going through all of the moves because there were a lot of smaller moves like Nico Goodrum went to the Astros. Just there was some minor league deals that happened. Uh, but the notable moves, uh, another one, Jeff Passon at 3.47 p.m. Pacific time tweeted, Mets acquire Chris Bassett, all-star starter from the Oakland A's for JT Ginn and Adam Aller. Um, JT Ginn from Mississippi State, high-regarded pitcher. Both of them are. Um, so the A's are getting back guys that obviously they think is, is going to help them, you know, down the line. Uh, but the Mets here, they're they're a team going for it, especially if Freddie, Freddie Freeman does not go back to the Braves and then they don't get Matt Olson, which seems like is what they would do if they if the Braves miss out on Freddie Freeman, they go get Matt Olson in a deal because of their stacked farm system. They they can give the A's guys like Kyle Wright, top pitchers like that, young. They have a, they have a good farm system still, and so they can use that to go get Matt Olson if they strike out on Freeman and Freeman ends up going to the Dodgers. Obviously, that would be bad news for us Padres fans. But uh, as for getting back to the Mets, I think the Mets, if the Braves lose Freeman, I mean. They're going to be pretty close, I think, in the fan, fan grass projections, their preseason projections that they put out every year in terms of the division race. Um, and fan grass is usually pretty spot on. Uh, but this rotation for the Mets is looking out. It looks 
a lot better than it did 24 hours ago. I still stand that the Padres had the best rotation in the league on paper, just like I did last year, just like, by the way, Fangraph said going into the year last year. But again, on paper means nothing. They have to go perform. I think on paper, it's even better than it was last year because you get Mike Clevenger back. So we'll see at, at you know, we'll see how that on paper rotation ends up playing out. Obviously, we hope that they stay healthy. And then you add that to Paddock, hopefully bouncing back. I really think he's going to have a bounce back year. Again, if he stays healthy, more home is more of a midseason thing. Kevin AC said, told me last week on this podcast, YouTube show. So you can go look at that if you're interested. Uh, he, had, he made comments about, say, Suzuki and a lot of guys, Hosmer as well. So you can go watch or listen to that. Uh, but as for the Mets, getting back to the Mets, I mean, they have DeGrom and Scherzer, the top. Okay. I'll give that to them. That's the best duo rotation-wise in the baseball, obviously. Those are the two best uh, pitchers in the league. So I'll give that to them. But then after that, 24 hours ago, it was like, okay, Taiwan Walker, Carlos Carrasco, who else then? You know, Tyler McGill, Joey Lucchese, you know. But but then you add Chris Bassett, an all-star starter, I think he may have started opening day for the A's last year. He was that member. He was the guy that took the lines right, right off the, right off his head. He had his eyes, I think stitched up. And then like, it was a matter of like weeks later, I think that he just came back and just pitched again. So this guy wants to pitch. He's really, you know, tough. Um, and he pitched really well last year. Um, so this has to be exciting if you're a Mets fan and Top three, now you have DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, and now you have Taiwan Walker and Carlos Carrasco. Now I know I just said those guys are iffy, but though now less pressure's on them. Those are four and five starters instead of three and four. That might not seem like that's that big of a difference, but it is when, you know, you go into a weekend series or something and you had DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, and then you have Walker, Carrasco, Monday, Tuesday for a Marlins weekday series. You feel better about yourself because you probably won that weekend series against the Phillies or whoever. So I think the Mets definitely got better today with that move. Uh, definitely solidified their the top three in their rotation. That might be it that they do starting rotation-wise. We'll see. You'd think that they'd want to improve more in the bullpen. Um, but that was what the Mets did. Uh, but for the A's, the big – in terms of Padres being related to the Padres, this deal is totally like signaling that this is the start of the rebuild. This is the start of the fire sale for the Oakland A's. And I saw on Twitter uh, that John Fisher or whatever his name is, the owner of the A's, I'm glad that Peter Scyther's not in this position. Uh, I'm glad that we don't have John Fisher as our owner. He's worth over like $2 billion or something. And he's selling off these pieces. He, he's selling off Matt Chapman and Matt Olson, two of the best defensive infielders, two of the best infielders, period, in the game. Selling off Chris Bassett, who was his all-star last year. Looks like he's probably going to sell off Sean Manaya. He just got rid of Bob Melvin, who's a manager of the year candidate every year and will be with the Padres, I'd assume, unless there's like some breakout team like the Giants last year that totally outperforms expectations. But, I mean – it just sucks for A's fans, I would say. I mean, you're just selling off a team, a playoff caliber team when your owner has the money. He's just going to act like he's crying poor because of the stadium that he has. 
And someone made a point to me on Twitter that he wants to save this money and allocate it towards the Las Vegas stadium or moving to Las Vegas. And it's like, well, then that's a total F you to the ace, the Oakland fans that support that have season tickets and saying, well, we don't really care about you anymore. We're planning already to move. Like that's, that's a slap in the face, you know? So, I mean, that, that's just sad for A's fans, but as for the A's and how it relates to the Padres, this is the start of the fire sale for them. Matt Olson, that's obviously the big candidate that's raised in Padres circles on Padres Twitter. I don't think that's going to happen because I think the A's are going to want the moon. They're going to want uh, CJ Abrams or Robert Hassel III. And we'll get to CJ Abrams. He was involved in a rumor today that I, I'm pretty passionate about, um, that some disagreed with me about, about a player that the Padres are interested in. Um, an all-star player, by the way, but we'll get to that. But this is the start of the fire sale for the A's. Will all of these big-name guys that I'm naming, will they be dealt tomorrow? Will they be dealt in the next few days before spring training games get started next Thursday and Friday for every team in the league? Who knows? Will they Will they end up waiting before the trade deadline? But Matt Olson still has two years of control. I forget what Matt Chapman's at, but – they can hold on to them and use that as leverage or say, you know, have Matt Olson go out there and be an all-star again and say, Hey, look, this guy continues playing really well. We're going to keep this price at where it's at. You want this all-star that's in the middle of one of his best seasons in the league, you know, assuming that Matt Olson performs like that in 2022 and they say, Hey, yeah, look, we have this all-star player. You're going to have to give us a top elite prospect. And the Padres, I don't think they're going to do that. And I don't think the A's, obviously, if they're not willing to pay Bob Melvin $7 million, who's a great manager, no disrespect to Mark Kotze, but you're not willing to pay a manager of the year candidate, someone who's won the award before $7 million, you, you're going to want to eat Hosmer's contract all of a sudden? No, you're not. So it's easier said than done to just go get Matt Olson. Um, so fans can hope that all they want. I just don't see that happening. But this is a start. I think the Mets acquiring Chris Bassett is the start of the fire sale. Another move that happened, Joe Kelly, two-year deal to the Chicago White Sox. That happened a little after 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, according to Bob Nightingale, two-year deal. White Sox bullpen is loaded right now. It seems like they want to get try to get rid of Kimbrell, but then Tony LaRusso said today that he thinks that Kimbrell's going to be on the team this year come opening day. So we'll see where that happens, but they have the best back end of the bull, uh, back end bullpen in baseball it seems like on paper right now with Liam Hendricks and Craig, Craig Kimbrell and now Joe Kelly and I'm totally blanking on uh Crochet he's a t- I like him uh they have a deep bullpen there I say Lucas Giolito had a down year last year but they seem like they have a pretty good rotation uh, I know they lost Carlos Rodon but maybe they get in on the Sean Manaya sweepstakes for the rotation who knows um, so Joe Kelly to the White Sox, that makes their back in the bullpen better. Josh Harrison also to the White Sox, one-year deal with an option for the second year. Uh, the White Sox traded Nick Madrigal to the Cubs uh, in that Craig Kimmel deal last year before the deadline. So Nick Madrigal obviously with the Cubs now, and they were probably looking for a second baseman. And so there's Josh Harrison for them. Josh Harrison was with the Nationals last year. Uh, so he should be able to help them out, probably a bottom of the lineup bat. Good with the glove, though. Uh, moving on to the National League, Robert Murray reported earlier today, Juris Familia, 
to the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, he was with the Mets, and now he is with the Phillies, so stays within the National League East. I'm not too high on the Phillies right now. Um, their rotation, yeah, it's strong at the top with Nola, Austin's brother, Aaron, uh, and Zach Wheeler, who had an amazing year last year, Cy Young finalist. Uh, I know some Philly fans think that he should have won the Cy Young last year, uh, but I'm not so sold on the back end of their rotation. And I'm not sold on their bullpen. And what are they doing in the outfield other than Bryce Harper? Obviously, Bryce Harper won the MVP. He's one of my favorite players. Anyone who knows me knows that. Uh, but what are they doing there? What are they doing at shortstop? You know, Didi Gregorius didn't really work out too well there. Alec Bohm had a bad year last year. Are they going to use him as trade bait to the Oakland A's in a Matt Chapman deal? You know, who knows? So there's a lot of questions marks there. Uh, but Dave, Dombrows Dave Dombrowski, as the president of baseball ops there, He's obviously going to, you know, try to win. He's not a rebuilding general manager. He wasn't with the with the Marlins. He wasn't with the Tigers. He wasn't with the Red Sox. The Red Sox, you can make an argument, they were forced to, uh, you know, make bad deals when they won the World Series to in 18 to bring back Nathan Eovaldi and guys like that when they probably – wouldn't have if it was someone like Heim Bloom, who's their GM now, or president of baseball ops now, if he was in that chair then, maybe he wouldn't have done that. So Dave is going, Dombrowski, he is going to go for it. And Familia back into the bullpen, maybe he's their closer. I forget if they still have Hector Neres or not, but we'll see how that shakes out in the NL East. NL East is going to be interesting. I think the NL West is obviously the best, at least top and best division in baseball. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the bottom isn't trying or at least making some moves. The Rockies brought in Alex Colome today and Jose Iglesias, like I mentioned earlier. So it seems like Trevor Story's not going to return there. I don't think Trevor Story wanted, wanted to return there in the first place. He didn't want to be there after the trade deadline. So there was a little bit, I remember the, the Rockies were at Peco Park, uh, you know, when that trade deadline happened last year and story, I don't think he played on the day of the deadline because he didn't want to be there. The owner was like, or the GM was saying that we want Trevor there. We think we can work out a long-term deal or whatever. Um, but Trevor didn't want to be there rebuilding team. They just traded one of his best friends, Nolan Arenado, and got like nothing really back and helped the, the Cardinals in it, gave him $50 million. So that probably pissed him off. So I think Trevor is definitely going to be gone. They bring to the Rockies, bring in Jose Iglesias, defensive first, shortstop, one-year deal. Uh, Yankee fans are kind of like, oh, well, is that good for us? I saw that on Twitter because some want Carlos Correa, some want Trevor's story, and it's like, okay, well, Isaiah connor faleffa is gone. He went to the Twins. Iglesias, he went to the Rockies. Simmons yesterday went to the Cubs. So the stopgap shortstops, those options are like nothing now. So it's kind of like for them, like, okay, what are they even going to do? Are you going to still have Glaber Torres at shortstop when he sucks defensively at shortstop? Or are you going to be forced to bring in Carlos Correa or Trevor Story? So Yankees fans are waiting for that deal. I'm waiting for that. I'm a baseball fan. I'm a hardcore baseball fan, not just a diehard Padre fan. I follow baseball all the time. That's my diehard sport. Watch MLB Network all the time. So 
this is my sport and I, I'm interested to see all of these moves. That's why I'm spending the first half of this podcast. One, because the Padres didn't make any moves. I want to talk about some moves, right? The lockout's gone. I want to talk about baseball moves and the Padres aren't making any right now. So I know AJ Priller's working, um, you know, and maybe it's a good thing that reports aren't really leaking. I'll get into what AC talked about um, earlier today, but like, you'd want to see more reports. Um, a lot of the reports are just general reports about teams interested. John Heyman about Nelson Cruz, uh, uh, you know, drawing interest from every NL contender, basically. So that's like nothing new. The Brewers want to be in on him, Dodgers, us. So that's not really anything. Uh, but just to finish out, if you're Lewis Brinson to Houston on a minor league deal, not big, probably some of you guys don't even know who that is, but I thought it's classic Miami Marlins. You know, they, uh, let go of Christian Yelich. He goes and wins the MVP with the Miami Marlins or with the Brewers in 2018 in that trade that they made in the whole fire sale with Stanton, Ozuna, uh, D. Gordon, Romito when he went to the Phillies, uh, Sixto Sanchez is hurt. So a lot of those deals not working out for them. Lewis Brinson was the big piece that they got back in that Yelich Brewers deal. And now he's on a minor league deal elsewhere. So that didn't work out great for them. Jeter's left. Jeter left. He's reportedly pissed off at the Marlins because they lied to him, essentially saying that they were going to be able to spend money. He was going to be able to spend money on certain players after the lockout. It seemed like they were in on Nick Castellanos, but then now they're not uh, because it seems like their owner, Bruce Sherman, is like lowering the amount of money Kim Eng, uh, the GM, you know, is allowed to spend now. So I'd be pissed if I was cheater as well, if I was told I was going to be able to spend money and now I'm not. Uh, but that's Miami Marlins, uh, classic Miami Marlins. What a trash organization they are. Uh, yes, maybe I'm a little biased. I do have some family ties there. My uncle's best friend was a great scout there and he got let go by the Marlins uh, when the new ownership went in, when he was a great scout anyway. Um, so Gary Denbo and all of them. I'm glad that they're kind of struggling to be quite honest, but that's just me. Anyway, let's talk about the Padres. There were some things, no moves that happened as of this recording, 8.29 PM Pacific time. Again, I continue to keep checking Twitter, but I'm not seeing anything. Uh, so moving on to the Padres thing, 7.47 AM Pacific time earlier today, uh, AC tweeted that the Padres are leaning towards rotating players at designated hitter. But they are, you know, keeping that option available. The Nelson Cruz option kind of, you know, the buzz around him is viable. Um, he tweeted a, a little after or a little before 7 a.m. Pacific time. Potters are talking about relievers. One of one of the catchers seems likely to go in a trade. And he told Preller yesterday, jokingly, quote, do something, end quote. Um, and Preller shrugged in return. So Kevin is definitely echoing all of our sentiments do something um, but in terms of this I mean it's all over the place right so they have interest in a DH maybe a rotating DH I'm more in favor of going after Cruz this year but long term I agree making that DH a rotating position Tatis day offs Manny day offs James Wood when he comes off can when he comes up he can do that position uh, maybe a Nick Castellanos if they do splurge there you can have him there if his defense sucks down the road someone like that uh, say a Suzuki, if they end up bringing him there, just a lot of different options, uh, guys 
getting days off their feet. I think that's better. They have a million catchers. Campus Hunter doesn't work out defensively, and they're done parting with him in a Hosmer deal. Maybe he's a DH. So a lot of different options. Rotating, I think, is a better option long term. But as for this year, I would be in on Cruz. Um, I'm not a big fan of Schwarber long-term because, again, I want it to be flexible there. The Dodgers want it to be flexible as well, I saw in a report. So the smart teams, I feel like they want it to be flexible. The Mets, they have a lot of DHs. Maybe they're flexible with Cano and Dom Smith. More flexibility, I think, long-term with the DH position is better, not just you know planting yourself with the DH. But one year, Nelson Cruz wants to come here, it seems like, had the eyes emoji earlier this offseason. I'd give it a look. Uh, $13 million, it seems like, is what that's what Ken Rosenthal said in the column earlier today that he said that's probably what he's going to get. Maybe it bumps up to $15 million, something like that, because of how much interest all the National League contenders, and I'm sure there's American League teams that want him. So we'll see where that goes. Um, but that's the DH front. Talking about relievers, that's a little interesting. I think relievers shouldn't be at their top priority right now. I like Luis Garcia that they brought in, Robert Suarez. Again, they have more reliever options because Lamette seems like he's healthy going into this year. Paddock, Weathers, maybe Gore. All three of those guys are not going to be in the rotation. So you'd think that one of those guys ends up, or a couple of those guys ends up being in the bullpen. Uh, Tim Hill, Austin Adams, Emilio Pagan, Drew Pomerantz coming back. Hopefully he can stay healthy. So they have a lot of options in the bullpen. So I think that's not the best. That's not definitely the priority list, the top of the priority. Uh, that would not be me. If I were a preller, I would not have the relievers at the top of my priority list. I think DH outfield is definitely up there. Um, but ESPN's in, speaking of DH, Enrique Rojas, ESPN reported that eight teams are interested, uh, at least including the Padres, Dodgers, Brewers. Brewers, I don't think is happening. He started his career there, but I don't think that's going to end up happening. Uh, I think Nelson really wants to go to a team that can win a World Series. I don't think the Brewers are that team. When you stack them up, they're a good team. Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Josh Hader, good team. Yelich, both you, you think that he'd have a bounce back year. Luis Urias hit over 20 home runs last year, finally showing some pop there. They're a good team. But you know, they can win the Central because the Central is not great, probably won't be great this year. I have no idea what the Cubs are doing. I mean, they're just – middle of the pack you know they trade all their big guys Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, Kimbrell bye-bye let, let them go but then they still have Wilson Churris they bring in Marcus Stroman they bring in Simmons on a one-year deal so it's like what are they really doing they're trying to just stay in the middle there maybe sneak in as a wild card or something I don't know what they're doing Reds are going to lose Castellanos they're probably going to take a step back they're maybe they're flirting in a trade market with Luis Castillo who knows there Sonny Gray maybe Joey Votto's obviously getting older that division's not great, so the Brewers could probably still win that. But I don't think, in terms of you're comparing them to the Padres, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Braves, even the Phillies, to be quite honest, I don't think the Giants, they're not on that same level. I think Cruz is going to want to go to one of those teams if it's a National League team, the Cardinals. Cardinals, I forgot about them. The Cardinals might be the leaders in the clubhouse for NL Central. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But I think Cruz ends up going to the Dodgers, the Padres, Someone like that or an AL team, um, just because I think those are the better teams and he wants to win a World Series. And the Mets aren't an option, obviously, because of Dom Smith, they have, uh, Robinson Cano, they have a lot of DH options. But I think 
Dodgers, Brewer, or excuse me, Dodgers, Padres, maybe Giants. I doubt it, uh, but probably Dodgers, Padres, or like an AL team. Um, so we'll see where it goes there. We'll see where it goes with Nelson Cruz. But that was the latest in terms of that. You'd think that he'd make – there were reports that he'd, he'd come to an agreement tomorrow on Sunday the 13th. So we will see if he does come to an agreement then. But today, going in today, people thought Freddie Freeman was going to sign. As of now, I keep checking Twitter and all that. No deals imminent, according to J.P. Morosi of MLB Network and MLB.com. So all of these reports don't seem to be quite right. You know, that whole free agent frenzy that we were going to get on that Thursday night, that didn't end up happening. So a lot of things aren't really going the way that reports are saying. So that that just adds to the entry. Um, Let's see here. So that's the Nelson Cruz stuff. Downing in reliever market a little bit. Catchers seem – I did want to hit on the catchers. one of them, like AC reported, seems likely to go into trade. I think that guy is probably Austin Nola. I think Bob Melvin, in his quotes to uh, AC the other day, uh, on one of the back in between one of the backfields of Pure, talking about how they think that Caratini's probably going to get a lot of the left field, or left-handed pitcher at bats. So if they're already saying that, you think that the, he's in their plans. And obviously Musgrove likes him. Uh, I know Nola caught Musgrove in the bullpen sessions this offseason, which we'll get to. That was a great story by Annie Halbrun, which we'll get to. Uh, Clevenger caught was caught by Nola. But I think teams are willing to risk him uh, to play first. A little bit of versatility. I think teams would be more interested in him. I think the Padres. And when the Padres, I think Caratini stays because of uh, Musgrove likes him, Darvish, Snell, they all like him. I think that does have an influence. I think it does. Um, and I think they can compensate Caratini's le- lack of power with power bats that they acquire, hopefully tomorrow or sometime later this offseason before spring training games get started next Friday against the Seattle Mariners, 18 games in 19 days. Uh, but as for catchers, I think Nola is the likeliest. I think Camposano, if it's not a deal with Hosmer, if, if Hosmer's not being attached, then I, I could see Camposano staying and they want to bat, bet on that bat as maybe a DH candidate, you know, that rotating DH. Uh, but I think in terms of the major league catchers, it's Nola that's probably the most likely to go. I think that they keep Alfaro, you're not going to trade for him and then flip him because I just don't, it's not like he's a great player and there's a lot of talent there or a lot of people that want him. Felt like Perler was like the only guy that wanted him. Like you didn't see any other teams that were interested in Jorge Alfaro. Let's go get Jorge Alfaro. So I don't think he's going to just flip him. And he could be a DH candidate, could play first a little bit, could play left, worst case scenario. So I don't see him going. I don't see Caratini going, especially after Melvin's comments. And I don't see Camposano going unless it's attaching a salary like Hosmer to a deal. So I think Nola is the most most likeliest candidate to be traded among those catchers. I think one of them probably ends up getting traded because I don't see them having four guys on the 40-man. seems like a whole lot more than that. Four guys on the 40-man as they do right now on opening day. I know it's a 26-man roster, and Camposano could just be in AAA, but I don't see four guys on the 40-man happening when other moves have to be made 
with power hitting outfielders and stuff like that. So that's my thoughts on the catcher position. Now, moving to the Annie Halliburton story, she wrote a story about Joe Musgrove and Mike uh, Clevenger getting ready for the season in Poway with a private pitching instructor. I believe he's an assistant coach at St. Catherine High School in, uh, I think it's San Diego County, uh, but it's a unique story. Uh, Dominic Johnson's the pitching coach. They pitched on a mound in a backyard called the Backyard. Uh, Chris Devensky, I think, named it that. There's a trailer in the corner of the backyard. There's a, uh, let's see, there's an unplugged Budweiser mini fridge in that backyard that holds baseballs and a radar gun and one beer. Um, an interesting story. The Clevenger and Musker were throwing at a park a little bit. So they there's a mound in this guy's backyard, this pitching instructor's backyard, and Clevenger and Musgrove, Darvish was there, Austin and Aaron Nola were there. Uh, who else? Alex Dickerson wasn't there, but he went to Westview, I believe, high school and took, took at bats. Uh, he, the Nola brothers, Trevor Williams uh, at Westview High School to just face live hitters and stuff like that, work on their game. But as for the backyard, Dominic Johnson, the pitching instructor, they just Musgrove, he is the cousin of Joe Musgrove's mom, Diane. So that's interesting there. And so Joe has been, it seems like he's been going to Dom, knew he was going to go to Dom Johnson when this lockout started because he couldn't communicate with Ruben Niebla. And so they communicate regularly during the season, it seems like already anyway. And so Musgrove invited the invitation to Clevenger. Clevenger took him up upon it. And the first day, Clevenger, you know, knew that he was going to, uh, that, excuse me, that Dom knew what he was talking about. Uh, so I think that was interesting. Um, so I think this pitching position is definitely deeper in depth. And obviously Clevenger coming back is definitely, you know, big for the rotation, you know, especially if he can stay healthy. Um, so, you know, with Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, Clevenger, you have Paddock, Weathers, Morahone midseason. Uh, but, you know, getting back to the story, Clevenger, he dropped his changeup, developed a split finger fastball as well. So it seems like he's developing a new pitch there, some, you know, new uh, new repertoire and just a new <laughs> a new uh, number of pitches, pitch selection. And I think that's big. I think that's big for Clevenger because if he's healthy, like when he was healthy in 2020, for the Padres, he pitched great. He was the Clevenger like he was in Cleveland. So this guy, like when he is on, he's a game changer in this rotation. He just is. So, I mean, I'm laughing because his stuff, just remember watching him, it's ridiculous. His stuff is ridiculously talented and you add that to Musco hopefully staying healthy and Snell staying healthy and Darvish. I mean, I keep smiling and laughing. That's a ridiculous rotation on paper. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, Clojure feels 100%, feels better than ever before, before he even got hurt. So all those typical spring training, like best shape of your life quotes there. But, hey, if he's, if from the videos I've seen, he looks pretty good health-wise. So 
um, that's a good sign. So I did want to touch on that. And then before we get out of here, I mentioned a little bit of a subject I'm, a, I'm pretty passionate on that I wrote about on gasnetball.com a little bit earlier today. And that's with Brian Reynolds, all-star outfielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates. It, the Pirates have drawn interest on that Reynolds outfielder from the Padres, from multiple teams, from the Marlins, I believe, too. Uh, Ken Rosenthal wrote that um, in the uh, Athletic today. And so I think, look, Brian Reynolds, when you look at the stats, at first I was like, oh, no, this is like another Adam Frazier guy. But then when you do like truly look up the stats, it's like, no, he has more power. He showed more power than he did than Adam Frazier, who hit like one home run with the Padres. Brian Reynolds hit 24 home runs with the Padres. That's a career high. Uh, but with that said, I'm not a big fan of trading for Reynolds. I think it would be better to not have to give up a top prospect like C.J. Abrams, which is what Ken Rosenthal said that the Padres would have to give up, what the Pirates are asking for. They were going to ask for the moon. And I guess rightfully so, he's an all-star. But, like, I'd rather just sign a guy in free agency that has power that can play the outfield, and then you still get Abrams, who, by the way, is a 21-year-old who would have six years of control. Abrams has been talking with Tatis about playing with each other and visualizing that, and they've already talked about that, and I'd hate for that not to happen because of a trade for Brian Reynolds, who wasn't even on our radar this offseason. And I know AJ likes to think out of the box, but uh, in terms of Reynolds, yeah, he's a great player, all-star. He was a 6-1 player last year. Jim Russell was touting that on Twitter today. And it's like, I understand that. And all those players, people that are like, I'd give up Abrams in a heartbeat for Brian Reynolds. I understand where they're coming from, you know, with the 6-1 player and all that. He hit over 20 home runs. And he's he was an all-star this year. He's like a proven commodity. And people were saying, what if Abrams turns into Luis Arias again and all that? But, like, Abrams is a five-tool player, a four-tool player, and he can develop that power if he gets stronger. Like, he's ridiculously fast. He hits his worst average in minor leagues so far is like 296 in double A, but double A is the best talent in the minor leagues. That's where the guys uh, that aren't like fringe up, down, up, down minor league pitchers, those guys that eventually will be like ace pitchers, that's where they go. And really, that's where the best talent is. Uh, so he at 296 there, he's fast as heck. Uh, he could play, he's up the middle, can play short, can play second. He could probably play center. I think he's expressed a willingness to do that uh, if that, you know, ends up having to happen. But they've been playing him as a shortstop right now. But I'm not going to trade C.J. Abrams, who is the one untouchable if you had to pick one untouchable, that's the untouchable that AJ has. AJ Preller in the front office has, even over Robert House the third, which I'm high on as well. I don't want to give him up for Brian Reynolds either. And you make that whole argument. You can make the argument playing devil devil's advocate here. Hey, Ben, don't you want to win now? Like you talk about it's the window of contention right now, 2022, 2023. Get a win right now. And I'm like, well, what I'd say to that is, are you not following the farm system? Like you're, you don't know what you're talking about then because Robert has the third, he's going to come up next season. CJ Abrams is going to come up. If all things go well, he stays healthy. He's going to come up later this season. 
depending on what happens with Hosmer, he could come up before the all-star break and be playing second base with Jake at first, you know, who knows what that, what happens with that. He's going to come up this year. If he keeps playing well and he doesn't get hurt, he's going to impact the team this year. And he's the top prospect in the farm system. What happened with Fernando Tatis Jr.? Remember, he was an untouchable, and he was, like, the best prospect in the farm system. And A.J. said, no, no one's trading for this guy. He's untouchable. And what happened? He's the best player on the team, MVP candidate, $340 million guy. He hopefully will have a statue when all things are said and done after taking the Padres to a World Series victory with him and Manny at the forefront. My point is that last number one untouchable prospect was Tatis in terms of position players, and look what he's turned into. I don't want to give up on Abrams and trade him for Brian Reynolds when Peter Seidler, who has had the opportunity, or excuse me, he's had the opportunity as well, but he's had the desire. He's shown that he can spend money and is willing to go spend money. They were in on Nick Castellanos before the lockout. I'm not saying Nick Castellanos is the guy, but let's say say Suzuki or Chris, Chris Bryant, someone like that. Why would you give up C.J. Abrams when you can have both of them? You can have C.J. Abrams, who's 21 years old, six years un- younger than Brian Reynolds, and six years of control. So more years of control, I think three or more years of control, and you can go get a power hitting outfielder without having to give up any trade value, any number one untouchable prospect. You can have the best of both worlds. You can have your cake and eat it too, as that saying goes. So I like Brian Reynolds, but maybe if this was free agency, but it's not, it's in trade. And the Pirates are going to ask for the moon, rightfully so. He's a great player. You know, he could be a person that they build around, but CJ Abrams is also a guy that the Padres can build around. He can be that fourth star with Jake, Fernando, uh, and Manny. So I'm not giving up CJ when he can definitely help the team this year. So that's my stance. If you disagree, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Again, we covered a lot in this episode. Uh, let me check Turner one more time here. Just make sure no moves, nothing. Okay, so again, we are over 48 hours. 48, right? Three, no, three days, right? Three days. It's been three days since that lockout ended. I did that three-hour live stream where no moves were made by the Padres, and we thought that this whole free agent frenzy was going to happen. No moves, but guess what? We're like three days into this. No moves still for the Padres, not even Nick Martinez uh, getting that physical done. So we'll see. Covered a lot in terms of a lot of moves that were made today. Again, the Rangers trade Isaiah kind of collected with twins for Mitch Garver, Kikuchi, uh, former Mariner to the Blue Jays to add to that Barrios rotation. Mets getting Chris Bassett, start of the A's fire sale. Will that lead to Olsen to the Padres or to the Braves if Freeman goes to the Dodgers? Hopefully not. We'll see there. Josh Harrison, Joe Kelly to the White Sox, Vermillion to the Phillies. Colome and Iglesias to the Rockies, so it doesn't seem like stories coming back there. A lot of things are happening. I think Sunday is going to be a big day because Sunday is the day. You're probably listening to this on Sunday. Uh, if you are on Saturday, I really appreciate it as well. But Sunday is going to probably be the big day. Sunday is the day that players are supposed to be reporting to spring training. So I expect players are going to want to know where they're going to be soon. Spring training games start Thursday for some teams, Friday for the Padres. You think they want to be in camp before those games start. Who knows? But there's a lot of big names on the board. Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rizzo, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story. Um, Anthony Rizzo, did I say him already? Uh, Clayton Kershaw's gone. Carlos Rodon's gone, but there's still Zach Grinke out there. Guys like that, bigger names like that. 
uh, Kenley Jansen's out there. Andrew McCutcheon, Tommy Pham, Say Suzuki, Castellanos. Um, who else? Brian. There's a lot of names out there. And then trade, Olsen, Chapman, so much. And I'm excited to keep my eyes glued to Twitter here. And hopefully AJ will make a move on Sunday. And we will ha- hopefully I can come live for it. And because it's a big enough move to do that. And we will see where this goes. This is episode 123, Talking Fires. Ben Found, your host here. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And stay safe. Keep your eyes glued to Talking Fires at Talking Fires Twitter and Instagram for all the updates you need. And I'll come to you tomorrow, Sunday, with another edition of the Talking Fires podcast, reacting to moves that were made and if the Padres made substantial moves. See ya.